Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no FAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Chauncey Show, where we're always right and never left. We put God first and politics second. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. We have an exciting show for you lined up today. We have a veteran and a patriot, a person who put his life on the line for our country. Now he wants to go battle on the streets of Queens, New York, as a council candidate. Let me introduce to the show my friend, veteran, Council candidate for Queens District 26, Marvin Jeffcoat. How are you today, sir? I am great, Chauncey. Thank you so much for the introduction and the opportunity to speak to our voters and your listeners. Talk a little bit about your background. You have an awesome background as a veteran. Your wife is uh, is from the Philippines. Talk a little bit about who you are, and then, then you can talk about what made you decide to get involved in politics. Well, I, you know, I was born in Jamaica, Queens, um, New York City, a long, long time ago, and uh, I spent some time in foster care. I have two wonderful uh, foster parents. I knew my biological mother and had a great relationship with her. I was uh, in several group homes upstate New York. I went to White Plains High School, and I joined the Army, spent 22 years of my life in the United States Army as a military policeman and an airborne ranger, uh, two tours in Korea, tour in Iraq. I, I retired out of Ford Drum as an observer, controller, trainer. And my first job was with uh, Airborne Express DHL. I retired to this community here in Sunnyside, Woodside, Long Island City, District 26, and a little bit of Astoria. And it's a really, really great neighborhood. My kids, um, they're grounded in the neighborhood. My oldest went to public school here. He now drives for UPS. And my youngest son attended St. Sebastian School, and, my, and he's now in St. John's Prep. Like you say, I, I met my wife while I was on active duty. She's a lovely lady from the Philippines. And, uh, you know, we're very grounded in the uh, Filipino-American community here in Woodside. And like everyone else um, who has Asian family members, we have our fear because of the uh, recent spat of Asian hate crimes. The morons don't differentiate between the different ethnicities, and it's, it's sad all the way around. 
Um, but that's one of the reasons why I'm running is to uh, make things safe for everyone. Thank you so much for your service to this country, and thank you for wanting to stand up again for the public by running uh, for council politics. It's a contact sport. It's an intellectual sport, and it's a it could be a bloody sport at times as we look at the left with a lot of character assassinations. Uh, you live in a pretty good neighborhood. Astoria, Queens is, uh, is a pretty... Uh, pretty good neighborhood. Talk about some of the challenges um, in your district uh, that made you decide that you wanted to run for council. Well, the, the main challenge is that you have the Democratic corporate machine now run by AOC in Western Queens. Registration, I believe, is eight to one. But, you know, my message is that, you know, my fight is not with Democrats. It's with the socialists who hijacked their party doing far less things, be it from the vaccine mandates to um, a recent um, decision that was made in the dead of the night. We call it the uh, 39th Avenue Bike Boulevard fiasco. The Department of Transportation just came out and decided that they were going to reroute traffic. And after 12,000 residents said they didn't want it, after an FDNY lieutenant came by and said it's not safe, for me, because it's not it's not safe for the neighborhood because I can't get my fire trucks to to provide the rapid response that we need. I just talked to some Department of Sanitation guys, and they told me it's a nightmare for them with the routing to pick up the trash and everything. None of these things were considered, and those are the kind of things that these socialists do in the middle of the night because they have their corporate sponsors. I believe in Citibank. I, you know, I don't have direct evidence of that, but if you look at who benefits from this, Citibank has their bike. Uh, stations all over the place, and it's just, it's not good for anyone else in the neighborhood. Everybody's up in arms about it, um, but you have, I do live in a nice neighborhood. I live in, in Woodside, actually, which is a little southeast of uh, Astoria, but the problems that we see in the rest of the city are working their way into my neighborhood. We have the aggressive panhandling, the vagrancy, and you can't prosecute for vagrancy alone but when you have people committing assaults, batteries, quick urination, public defecation, and other things like that, you can prosecute them for that. And when they close Rikers Island and they force these community jails and they just release everybody, they released everybody last year just in time for the summer riots um, during the heat, and that bleeds over into my neighborhood. You know, we have the normal challenges of public safety, um, education, and, and uh, creating economic wealth for everybody, the, you know, the housing crisis that New York has experienced, and I think the way you address that is by wealth creation. But I have to talk about public safety first and foremost because they've created a public safety nightmare with what they've done to NYPD. Absolutely, and, you know, you hit the nail on the head, and, you know, crime, and it's not a problem uh, in Queens. It's a problem in every Democratic-controlled district throughout the country. What do you think some of the things uh, that you could do with your experience and background in the military, what type of legislation do you think that you could bring to the table to maybe shift the paradigm and change the environment in which you're currently talking about? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. I'm a former military policeman, so I do know something about policing. I know that a police department absolutely cannot operate 
without qualified immunity for officers that apply justified and reasonable force in the course of their duty. They've taken that away, and they've made it dangerous for police officers. To, I mean, they're going to lose their livelihood, their house, and everything else so that they can engage in protecting the citizens. Greenpoint Avenue is full of merchants, and they've all told me they want that police presence back, that foot patrol. So one of the first things I would do is I would introduce legislation to preserve qualified immunity, restore it for the police department, and I would also introduce legislation on the educational side. You know, I, I watched this lady up in Putnam County, Tatiana Ibrahim, take the Board of Elections up there to task. And I said, I'm inspired by her, and I want our people down here to be able to do that. Well, they can't, because the Board of Education in New York City is appointed, you know, it's a political appointorship. And I would do away with that. I would create legislation to have a locally elected Board of Education in each borough of New York elected by the parents, the people it's going to serve, with a commissioner that reports to the mayor for logistics, but that's also elected in an off year. Um, I'm for charter schools, vouchers, and homeschooling, but one of the things I would do immediately is restore the gifted and talented program that this mayor wants to eliminate on his way out the door, kind of as a slap in the face to the hardworking people of the city of New York. When it comes to wealth creation, you know, a business – in New York, after they pay all of their bills, they, they have to give almost 10% of their net income, 8.85% of their net income after they paid the taxes to the federal government, they paid their employees and the insurance and all that, and that's ludicrous. Joe Piscopo asked on his radio show, why can't we have refrigerators made on the south side of Chicago? And Marvin is asking, why can't we have refrigerators made in Long Island City, Woodside, and Sunnyside? And I think the way you do that, is you provide the most attractive corporate tax rate in the United States and in the world, in fact. And I would have a sliding scale of about 5 to 1%, maybe down to a half a percent. And I would base that on hiring here locally, being environmental stewards, and doing things in an energy-efficient manner. Those are just some of the pieces of legislation that I would put forth. And I know I have an uphill battle but I'm looking forward to working with people like Vicki Palladino out in Whitestone once she gets elected and Curtis Sliwa teeing up legislation for him to sign. It can be done. It must be done. And with the help of the citizens of this district, I'll get those things on the table. And I'm definitely going to reverse the 39th Avenue bike boulevard fiasco. Absolutely. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. And as a candidate, you hit the nail on the head. You know, you said that you are ready to work with everyone, all stakeholders to solve the challenges that you face. And that's how you get things done. You know, uh, the Democrats, you know, and we look at the left, I don't even know what you call it anymore. It's like chaos uh, in their communities throughout the country. Uh, you know, they're trying to indoctrinate our kids in the educational system with this immoral uh, stuff. It's really beyond the pale. You know, now, as a candidate standing up, it's now we're looking at candidates who has the most moral character to, to vote for a candidate because it seems like morality is out the window for most politicians. Well, what they want to do is they, they want to separate us from our church, they want to separate us from our family, and they want to disenfranchise us from our patriotism. Critical race theory is especially offensive to me. Like I said, I was in a foster care system. I have wonderful white parents, 
And for Amen. somebody to tell me that they're, they're, you know, immoral and that they're evil based on the color of their skin is just evil. I'm in a mixed race marriage, so my kids they have my Anglican, Portuguese, African ancestry, and they and, and Welsh and Scandinavian, and they have my wife's Filipina, Chinese. Spanish heritage, and so you're going to look at them and tell them one of us as a parent is evil to them. You have a lot of black, white, mixed-race families, and they're basically sending these kids home with the signal um, that one of their parents is inherently evil. And, oh, by the way, if a parent happens to be a police officer, that's even greater evil that they preach. And it's just wrong. It's hateful, and it's harmful. They should be ashamed of themselves. Amen. Amen. You know, they should be ashamed of themselves. And God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. For those that are tuning in, you're listening to The Chauncey Show, we're always right, never left. We put God first, always in politics second. Thank you for joining us. We have Marvin Jeffcoat, retired veteran and now council candidate, wanting to fight against the establishment and these and the socialistic ideas of AOC and those idiots on the left. I mean, it's beyond the pale how these individuals even think rationally. Some of the things that come out of their mouths is just unconscionable. You talked about critical race theory, and we talked about education. When are we going to teach our kids critical thinking skills? When are we going to bring back home economics? When are we going to bring back woodshop? When are we going to bring back the special uh, class that you're talking about, advanced classes for children, for college prep? When are we going to bring back the trades? Public schools are becoming an indoctrination for the left, liberal, social Marxist ideology policies versus trying to educate our children on what America is about, what it's really about, good, bad, or indifferent. Absolutely. you you got to start with reading, writing, arithmetic, and civics. But, you know, I, mm-hmm. I go to one of these schools called Queensville Tech, and it's a wonderful school where um, the children graduate out of that school with a license. They, they graduate with a trade. I met a young man who uh, I first met when I did my Vets in the Classroom uh, uh, presentation. And, you know, the kids, he's a, he's a licensed electrician making more than I make, and I'm, I'm very proud of him. I'm glad. So those are the kind of schools that we want, you know, we want to foster. We want the trade schools. We want college prep. We want the gifted and talented programs. But, mm-hmm. you know, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about God, and one of the things they have is an assault on God. They want to replace God with the state. That's what socialists do. And I'm going to tell you, when this whole pandemic thing hit, I was proud of my Jewish brothers and sisters in Brooklyn because they stood up to de Blasio. And I was a little taken aback. The Catholic Church kind of sued, but I haven't, I've, I've only been to Mass twice and that was for a funeral mass for two of my friends that unfortunately died of COVID complications. But, you know, it's, I have exposure to chemicals from Iraq, um, and it's not healthy, number one, for me to take the vaccine that they forced me to take. But number two, for me to sit with a mask on for 45 minutes to an hour is just wrong. And we've got to stand up. We've got to get our faith-based organizations in sync, and we've got to stand up for our family values. I was at... Uh, Queensbridge houses 
Monday, and I spoke to a young lady, and her her chief concern was uh, domestic violence. And I was I was kind of surprised to find out that domestic violence is not a felony. I know you get kicked out of the army for that. You can't you, you know you can't hold a weapon. You can't stay in the army. But and, and battery under the common law is a felony. But um, you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna work to help her to make the best domestic violence uh, a felony. But the thing is, when you take God and the family out of the picture, you're gonna have things like domestic violence. And by the way, my opponent. She seems like a nice lady. I've met her in person in a couple of street fairs and things. But one of her agenda items is um, the promotion of legalization of prostitution and all drugs. Can you imagine the amount of abortion and the amount of overdose with enough fentanyl coming across the border to kill every American a hundred times over? She wants to do that all while defunding NYPD, which is lunacy. Um, we don't have a Second Amendment right here in New York City. That's unconstitutional. But they've made us defenseless so that we are in fear, miserable, and dependent upon the government. So, they, you know, they want to take away our Second Amendment rights. They want to defund the police. She wants to remove the school safety officers from the schools. My oldest son went through pure hell in the public school system and I am so glad, I thank God, that I was able to send my youngest to St. Sebastian's and now St. John's Prep. But not everyone can do that. So I, I want to make that possible with the voucher program uh, or homeschooling or the charter schools or the gifted and talented program. But how can a fellow parent promote a prostitution and the legalization of all drugs? But as you said, these are some of the crazy things that these socialists, and, and, and oh, by the way, I get slammed on Facebook for referring to her as a socialist when she's an avowed socialist. She said that she's a socialist. She's endorsed by the queen of the squad, AOC, the chief socialist, um, to the left of Bernie Sanders. But they don't want you calling them what they are because at the end of the day, the, the key socialists in the last century were people like Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, and Joseph Stalin, all brutal three, three street thugs, by the way. And that's what you see in Antifa BLM, same Marxist organization. They use the same techniques to stoke fear and misery and poverty so that people are forced to be dependent upon the government. And as people realize that these socialists have been lying to them and taking away their freedom and their ability to make wealth, that's when they turn into the brutal dictatorship. And there's no need for us to repeat history. Absolutely not. And, you know, you mentioned our father, Elohim. I happen to be Jewish, so thank you for giving my brothers a shout-out over there in Queens Absolutely. and Brooklyn. You know, I always think when I look at politics today, and always we, I put God, we put God first and politics second, I always think about Ephesians 12 when we talk about these issues of morality. And we don't understand why, what's going on in our society today. And please entertain me for allowing me to quote Ephesians 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. People, the time is at hand. I'm not a preacher. I'm a conservative podcast host, but I am a humble and faithful servant of the Most High. And whenever I get a chance, I always give him honor and praise for keeping his hands on me and guiding my steps. And whenever I can speak and save a brother or sister, I will. 
we forget in society today that I am my brother's keeper. We have this I, 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 me, me, me mentality, and that's not of God. Most of our problems today, I'm sorry, most of our problems today in the world is as a result, and you said it earlier, removing God from the equation. Go ahead. I know you want to. Uh, no, I was, I was just going to say, I was going to reaffirm what you said with an amen. And it's, you know, we share a common faith because our our religion, Catholicism, comes, you know, we have the Holy Trinity, but Jesus Christ was a Jew. Um, mm-hmm. We had similar tradition and background. And, I, and I'm so happy to see priests and rabbis engage in Eucharism and, and come together. And I would like to tie the other faiths in with that. But it's, it's absolutely critical. And you talk about being your brother's keeper. If you really love someone, then you teach that someone to be equal to you. And so one of the things that uh, we have going on in the background, whether I win, lose, or draw in this election, is we're going to try to get some uh, skilled trades training out to the young folks out in uh, Queensbridge. And hopefully, you know, I tried to start Cub Scouts out there last time I ran, but I, I didn't really – get the seed planting. I didn't have someone there that could do that, um, you know, because it takes a sponsoring organization and it takes people in the community that are willing to step forward and do it. But hopefully we get this skilled trades training going and uh, we mentor those young men and women. And, and you know, we got to touch on immigration when we talk about being our brother's keeper. A nation without Amen. borders is not a nation at all. I do not believe in amnesty. I do not believe in open borders, but I am sick and tired of the socialists abusing immigrants and saying they're helping them. They want to create a current subclass of citizens. Uh, I lost you. Are you there? Cheap labor. Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, ma'am. Okay. No, I was just saying that, you know, the, the Democrat socialists, they're saying that they're helping the immigrants by keeping them in the illegal status, and they're not. We are the greatest nation in the world, and we need to go back to a lawful process of immigration where we have sponsorship, people that are willing to work, jobs waiting on them, with a sponsor that's going to take care of them so they don't have to go on the public dole. But once they get here and they go through the process lawfully, we need to give them full parity with everyone else. This subclass of citizen has got to stop, and it's abuse that Biden and our Governor Hochul now and Mayor de Blasio and my opponent and every social Democrat in that party that supports and forces that nonsense, they're wrong and they, they need to stop it. They're abusing those kids. They're raping and murdering those kids. And those that survive that atrocity, that, 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 that nightmare down there, they're going to arrive in our cities. They, he brought some into to Westchester's airport and surreptitiously pushed mm-hmm. them into the city. Now you have even more undocumented people. Those people are further abused, and they're callous. They're going to be callous because they've been abused. They're not going to be able to trust people. They're going to be traumatized. And that's, that's what he's infusing into our neighborhoods to destroy us. They have another program where they want to uh, eliminate the one-family housing, um, and that's all designed to destroy the neighborhood fabric. Vicki Palladino talked about it. She talked about how her family ancestry immigrated here and and they developed neighborhood, a sense of neighborhood and community and a love for one another, and, and they look out for each other. You lose that when you lose 
the identity of a neighborhood. And that's exactly what would happen if these radical social Democrats are allowed to eliminate by zoning one family housing. So, yes, we are our brother's keeper, but there's a right way to do that. When you love somebody, you educate that person and you nurture them to grow. I, I am so happy that my kids are on track to create more wealth than I ever thought about creating, and they're going to be smarter than me. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I, I have a young man that was one of my first scouts, and he, that, it, it's it. It's, it's, that's the pride you get in seeing the fruition of your labor and, and watching them develop, and I want that for the whole neighborhood. You know, Marvin, uh, I'm extremely blessed to have four beautiful children. And every time, I, I was chuckling because every time when somebody says to me, you know, Chauncey, you know, you're a pretty smart guy. I always say to people, I'm not that smart because I have kids that are a lot smarter than me that make me realize that I'm not that smart. So that's why I chuckled when you talked about your children and the other children that you mentor that's very important. You know, I grew up in the early 60s where I had mentors. And as we get older, we're supposed to mentor not only our kids, but other kids. Because that's how we were raised. You know, but today, like I said, they got that I, 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 me, me, me syndrome. And nobody has their hand reaching back trying to pull anybody up with them. And that's another Absolutely. problem that we have in our society is that everybody is everybody's enemy, it seems like, but that's as a result of the omission of God's love. When you remove God, Absolutely. you don't have that positive, universal, compassionate spirit that exists in loving your fellow, fellow brother and sister. You know, and then on top of that, we have these leftist socialists that are satanic in nature, trying to further divide the family, the family unit, satanic is, the community. Yeah. Go ahead, satanic uh, is absolutely right. And and when, uh, you know, when I look for guidance, there's two documents I use. I look I look to the Bible and I look to the Constitution. And if you notice. Those are the two documents that are under assault. When you, when you proudly proclaim your religion or you say, yeah, my candidacy or my time in office will be guided spiritually by the Bible, now they want to attack you. They want to bring up everything you may. And I'm not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. But they want to bring up everything you may have done wrong in your life. But the key point is I am grounded in God, and I know when I stray there's a price to pay. And and that's Amen. what keeps me grounded, and and Amen. you know that that yeah that's that's what gives me that focus. And you know I want to add like I want to add another spiritual comment to what you said. You know they want to attack us for believing, but those who believe in Jesus Christ remember He didn't help people that were well. He helped people that were not well, prostitutes. Tax collectors, robbers, thieves. So, yes, we all have a past. And when those try to point the finger at you, they have nine pointing at them. I keep them in my prayers because my past has made me who I am today. And I've served in federal prison. I've been in and out of rehab. I've been homeless. Those things have built character in me 
And I'm thankful that I'm blessed that I'm able to talk to my children about these challenges that I've experienced and talk to other children trying to save them from the pitfalls that I fell into. But remember, those who are pointing the finger at you are not doing anything themselves. Because if they were productive in doing something, they wouldn't be looking at what you're not doing. You know, so I have to keep those in our prayers because there's a lot of those who place us in judgment. But remember, everybody has their judgment day. And I pray and I pray that God has mercy on all of your souls for what you're doing to our children, to our elderly, to our veteran, to our mentally ill. Shame on you, politicians. Shame on you. You will reap you know, what you, you sow. Touch, you touched on something important. You, you know, you, you shared your story about redemption and, and rehabilitation. But if you look at what Bill de Blasio and, and these other socialist Democrats are doing at Rikers Island, they've mm-hmm. created, in his attempts to close it, they've created an Eighth Amendment nightmare. Our criminal justice system is broken from intake to incarceration, to reintegration into society. And they've created, you know, if we put to death a murderer or a rapist, the social Democrats, it always seems like they take the side of the worst person, but they would scream bloody murder, yet they create where young people are violently, brutally murdered or raped. We've had 14 suicides in Rikers Island so far this year. And, and I, I have to wonder, were they all suicides? But that's all created. What we need is we need to revamp Rikers Island. We need to retrofit and renovate the physical edifice of it. But we need a higher, a proper correction officer to inmate ratio so that the correction officer is protected. I was talking to a retired correction officer today at the Woodside Houses, and he was telling me the, the, the Correction. The um, Board of Corrections is entirely run by civilians who know nothing about policing and they know nothing about uh, running a, a penal institution. And they're basically brutalizing it. They're putting correction officers' lives at risk with their nonsense and their shenanigans. And, and it's like I said, it creates an Eighth Amendment nightmare. You're not going to be able to rehabilitate somebody that has to either become the predator or the prey. So what we Amen. need to do is we need to fix that so that the correction officers have control of the facility. They have the amount of – when you can exercise physical force to quell violence, you're going to protect everybody involved. And then you can start with the rehabilitation process where you have some people that are incarcerated. They have missed their formative – in their formative years, they've missed certain life skills. You want to give that to them. I'm not saying a guy that you know, commits a felony should come out with a law degree, but – you know, you do want to have skills and, and job training inside the institution so that when they come out, you can eliminate recidivism because they're marketable. They have a skill, and if you give them that second chance, and that should totally be up to the uh, person that's doing the hiring, by the way. If they want to take the chance, they take the chance. I mean, when you, when you go in, as you well know, you serve a debt to society, and you have to come back out and prove yourself, which you did. Um, but right. I'm all for right. training them, and that training <laughs> – be tied to early release if you're doing well we're going to let you back out so that you can go out and be productive but we're not going to put you back out on the street 
with the same low skill set that caused you to commit the crimes that, that caused you to be incarcerated. If the Democrat socialists really cared about people, they would stop the violence inside these institutions, and they would provide that skill training. But they have the nimba, not in my backyard syndrome, where they don't really, they give you lip service. They, they, they throw you a little bit of a bone. But that architect or that engineer or that attorney, they don't want to teach you how to be what they are. And, and it's sad mm-hmm. on the liberal side. I've had several attorneys that have mentored me, and I'm so fortunate for that. The, uh, besides my dad, the adult men in my life, just I guess because I like the law, I happen to gravitate to, toward attorneys. But they've really taken an interest in me, and they've really helped me out. You may know Mike Connors uh, of Connors & Sullivan. He's on uh, AM 970. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, a guy by the name of Grant Lawley mm-hmm. out in Long Island, two great attorneys that have really taken an interest in me and, and mentored me very well. So that's love. And, and, you know, that's how we are our brother's keeper. But Amen. until they fix that situation, it's Amen. a cycle of violence all over again. Amen. You know, you talk about mentor uh, and, you know, your, your story is so humbling. Uh, but even in the midst of your challenges, you still rise. You know, um, everybody needs a mentor. Uh, I'm very blessed that my mentor is a 29-year-old young man who holds three degrees, two in e- one in economic and finance, one in applied science, and he started his own equity trade firm business. I'm very proud of this young man that he took an interest in me in helping me grow as a man and as a business person. That young man happens to be one of my sons, Gordon I. Brown. Dynamic individual. Big things are going to be coming from that young man in the future. I'm very blessed. God has blessed me with four beautiful children, and even though my shortcomings of the past, and he knows I've repented because I'm able to appreciate the blessings that I have today. And even as politicians, you know, I served a couple of terms as a commissioner um, in the school district in New Jersey, as well as serving 17 years on the Board of Recreation. Children are my passion. If we do not take care of our children, We will not have a neighborhood. We will not have a community. We will not have a city. We will not have a future. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. 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 No, no, I was just going to say, I was going to give you a share with you a VFW quote, Veterans of Foreign Wars. Um, We Mm -hmm. have our national home where we take care of orphans. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. And what you do, at least of mine, you also do to me. Amen. Amen. Marvin, it's been an honor and a blessing to have you on my show today. It was definitely inspired by the Most High. I would Absolutely. Hope, I hope that you would consider coming back on my show again. You are a powerful influencer, mentor, father, and a friend. You are a great human being, and I wish you all the best of luck in the world and my prayers with you and your family as you continue to fight against the satanic left, because we are fighting a spiritual warfare. And once we know who our enemy is, then we will know how to defeat him. And we all have to come together, and we all must come together and stand up. Your fight is my fight. 
my fight is your fight. And until we all get on that same page, we're going to be like crabs in the barrel. Absolutely. Thank you so much, brother. God bless you. And I look forward to coming back on your show and telling you that Vicky Palladino, myself, and Curtis Miwa and other Republicans have passed legislation that's going to make our great city great again. Amen. Marvin, before you go, please share with my audience uh, your website, if they would like to donate, uh, if they want to volunteer, uh, share the information with my followers. Absolutely. They can go to MarvinJeffcoat.com. They can reach me on Twitter at uh, Marvin R. Jeffcoat, or they can reach me on Facebook at uh, Marvin Jeffcoat. And um, they can reach me at JeffcoatM505 at AOL.com, or you were at gmail.com. And also, we have a campaign phone. So if they're looking to volunteer and they're in the neighborhood, they can call 347 549 7528. 347 549 7528. And again, the donations, MarvinJeffcoat.com. The donation link is up in the top right. Thank you so much, Johnson. God bless you as well. God bless you as well, Marvin. Thank you so much for all that you've done in your life on your own. I'm glad and proud how you debunk critical race theory. You know, it was a very exciting show today. Spiritually, God was present in this show, uh, listening to Brother Marvin talk about children, talking about education, talking about the satanic people that are within government. You know, trying to change the mind of our children. Trying to take away communities. People, we all have to stand up against this tyranny. Against the left. Against this Democrat socialist agenda that is trying to further divide a country. Ruin our lives. Divide America. We need to start looking at candidates like Marvin that are faith-based, that are morally correct, morally upright. We need to start looking at people based on who they are, not what they say, but who they are, their moral integrity, their character. You know, Martin Luther King says that I hope that the day will come when my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And it is a shame that the Democrats that want to praise Dr. King in January every year are the same ones that are trying to dismantle his dream. The time is at hand, people. We all need to repent and seek our higher power. Revelation talks about the chaos that is transpiring. The fifth seal has already been revealed. God is already lining all of his people up for his purpose. Look at all of the faith, people of faith that are running for office trying to save communities in our nation, people. At least I know there's 80 million people that are awake. And if I could make it 80 million in one, then my life was worth living. I want to thank you all for tuning into the Chauncey Show. You know this is We the People News and Commentary. We do this for you.
the people. The guests that we have on our show speak truth to power, God-fearing people. I don't have politicians on my show that, like most of my listeners know. We have people that are about people, not about political interests, not about money, but about saving lives. And that's what we need to do is come together as a family. We need to save our spirits, our lives, and stop allowing Satan to come between us and divide us, people. We must call it the way we see it. I want to thank my supporters. I want to thank all of my followers. For those that are able to, please consider to donate. PayPal me, The Chauncey Show. PayPal me, The Chauncey Show. I want to thank all of our supporters for their kind donations. We do not want to link up with any mass media or big corporations because the people that speak on our show is who they are. We don't want our voices silent. We speak truth to power. We fear God, and we want to save our nation, our community, and all the children. I am blessed that God's given me the ability to have this platform to bring on patriots, God-fearing people, to give them access. I am glad that I'm part of a movement that is greater than me to bring moral and civil obedience to our nation. It is critical, people, at this time. It is critical. We have another exciting show lined up for you. On Tuesday, we're going to have in the studio, we're going to have retired Colonel Julie Hall, Republican, running for Congress in Massachusetts at a District 4. Exciting individual, comes from humble beginnings, worked her way all the way up to Colonel before retiring. She's going to be in the studio. She has a lot to say about foreign policy and about the military. We're going to be excited to have her on the show. So please, follow us on Twitter. It's the Chauncey Show USA. Chauncey Show USA on Twitter. Everywhere else, it's the Chauncey Show. Parlor, Getter, Cloud Hub, Mads Hub. It's the Chauncey Show. As you all know, I'm your host. NY Talk Radio. That's New York Talk Radio host. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I wish you all a safe, blessed Shabbos. For those who are Jewish, happy Sabbath. Bless Sunday for those who are Christians. And as always, keep the faith. Good night now. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no FAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 
At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Ruston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max. 